One of the greatest obstacles to crafting health and wellness is identifying and controlling inflammation. It's at the core of all complex and chronic diseases, and it's the driving mechanism that underlies the most common symptoms that people like you struggle to overcome. Join us as we explore cutting-edge science and research to give you the information and tools you need to create the quality of life you want and deserve. And now, here is the host of Inflammation Nation, Dr. Stephen Noseworthy. This is part two of our discussion on quantity. Remember, we're looking at your, uh, let's call it your personal food code as a combination lock, and you have to write, have the right number, the right digit in the right place in order and sequence for the lock to open up. And that's all about optimizing your diet to get the most out of it for yourself as an individual. So we talked a little bit about quantity, and I just very, very quickly hit the highlights of why it's bad to be chronically underfeeding yourself um, versus uh, having normal calories, or I should say sufficient calories, uh, versus uh, chronically overfeeding. Both of those lead to significant uh, metabolic adaptations that are typically unfavorable, usually if they're prolonged, right? You can handle a high blood sugar event if you're healthy, like Thanksgiving dinner, um, you can handle fasting for a long period of time uh, as long as you come back to eating, as long as you're healthy. But it's it's when we're chronically underfeeding or overfeeding ourselves that we can really run into problems, particularly as it relates to things like stress chemistry and inflammation and, and health in general. So let's talk about some of the practical things. Like um, Usually when I'm coaching somebody one-on-one -on -one about this issue, and we start talking about how much food to eat, their you know, kind of eyes glaze over and they get this fearful look in their eyes like I'm going to ask them to count calories. Uh, and to be honest, sometimes I do. Uh, but I'll go on the record. I'm not a huge fan of calorie counting for two reasons. Number one, it's kind of crazy making. I don't want people to obsess, especially long term, over what is the energy density of this food versus that one and how much can I have and you know, using calculators to run the dietary show. Now, there's something to be said about spending small periods of time learning more about all of this and then shifting into what we might call more intuitive eating patterns. Discussion maybe for a different episode or a different day. But, you know, even though I might ask somebody to count calories for a period of time, mostly it's to help them with awareness of where they are compared to where they should be. And, you know, in fact, I have a question on my clinical intake form that says, are you aware of how many calories you should be eating in a day? The answer is usually no. And I ask if they have a way to track calories. Most people say no. Some people say, yeah, I've got a MyFitnessPal account, but I've never used it. Bottom line is, is that among a population of people who are unwell, there's a remarkable lack of understanding and insight into how much food they need, how much they're actually eating. So people have no idea if they're either under eating or overeating or if they're, you know, getting even closer to their target. Um, as far as calorie counting goes, you can be the, you can be the gold medalist of calorie, calorie counting and still be off by 20, sometimes 30%. That's the margin error of error in terms of calorie counting is really that wide. Um, so that you might think you're eating on any given day, uh, 2000 calories and you're actually eating 1400, say, or 1600, or you might be eating 2100. It might change from day to day. Um, and so that's just kind of the reality. And so instead of looking at food quantity and, and a calorie target 
as being a very hard target that's written in stone that you have to hit numerically. Like, you know, Doc said, or the calculator said, I've got to eat 1,972 calories. And if I'm 1,973, I'm over calorie and I'm going to have all the problems that, that Dr. Steve said he's, I'm going to have. Or, you know, that's just not true. I want you to think of your calorie target as just that. It's a target that you want to get into the vicinity of. Because on any given day, even your best day of calorie counting, you're going to be off by a little bit. And so as long as you're consistently in the realm of your target calories, generally trying to stay under a little bit if that's what you need to do, I'd rather see that than somebody consistently going over their calorie goal. But it's all about having, just making sure that you're in the right ballpark, right? So getting close without obsessing over each individual calorie. And if you eat just one more morsel of food, is it going to blow the whole day? And the answer is no. So it's a general target that we want you to get close to, or you want to get too close to on a consistent basis. And honestly, how much food you need is, is going to depend uh, predominantly on uh, like your biometrics and your lifestyle and your goals. So in, and if you change your goals, then it kind of changes your calories. I mean, if you are, um, if your goal is to maintain your body weight, it's one approach. If your goal is to lose body fat and gain muscle, it's another. And if it's just strictly to add muscle and you don't really care if you add body body fat either, then that's a different goal. It's also going to be dependent on, you know, how, how large you are, especially in in body tissues that consume a ton of calories, which is predominantly your, your muscles. And so if you are, if you have a bigger body, that has more muscle and you're physically more active, you're going to need more calories just to maintain your body weight. If you were slighter in stature or maybe you're, you know, even average or larger size, but you don't have much muscle and you're not very active, you're going to need less calories. And so it's, you know, kind of tempting. You What you don't want to do is look at somebody else or look at your cousin, your aunt, your neighbor and go, okay, well, I'm going to adopt their diet and eat not just the content and quality of food that they're eating. I'm going to eat as much as food as they do because they're losing weight and I'm not. It just doesn't work that way. You have to have something that that is unique and it's um, individualized to you. And so one of the easiest things, just go online. I mean, you might confuse yourself because there's so many different options out there. But if you just go to Google or DuckDuckGo or whatever your, your preferred search engine is and just type in um, calorie calculator, You'll come up with any number of places that you can put in your age, your your gender, your height, your weight, and your activity level, and be honest on that. And I'll come back to that in a second. Be honest with your activity level, and then you know press calculate, and then it will give you a number. So two things: number one is don't buy into the number as uh, carrying a high degree of precision that you have to be so on point with that you're going to drive yourself absolutely nuts. All the number is, is a calculation and the people, you know, the scientists who come up with these equations that say, okay, here's an estimate of what your total daily energy expenditure is or should be. All it is, is an estimate. Everybody knows it's an estimate, except for the people who are out there typically trying to lose weight and they obsess over the numbers, drive themselves crazy. And then they were like, I can't do this calorie counting anymore. And it just kind of goes out the window. And they they have not yet crossed into what we, again, call intuitive eating, where they just kind of just sensibly know I'm right in the ballpark of where I need to be. Um, the other thing is, um, gosh, I went totally blank on something that I said a second. It'll come back to my mind. So I'll circle back around to it uh, here in a second. Um, so with these online calculators, you can certainly do that. 
Um, oh, yes. Yeah, see, I told you he was going to come back. Um, so when you're looking at these online calculators, they're going to ask you about your activity level. And there is a tremendous predisposition to overestimate how active we are. Some of the calculators will actually describe what they mean by certain activity levels, like light activity or moderate activity or, um, you know, high activity or uh, increased high intensity stuff. Um, but the way that I look at things, and, and a lot of the exercise scientists are starting to make these distinctions as well. And I think a lot of it is really just about um, having your own, like understanding in your own mind, the difference between two things. If I, let's say, go back to my clinical intake form, I have a section that asks about someone's lifestyle. And I might ask them, like, do you exercise? And they might say yes. And then the next question is, well, what do you do? Sometimes the answer is, well, I walk my dog for 20 minutes every night. And unless you are being pulled by a 150-pound um, Bernese mountain dog, <laughs> and you're constantly fighting and trying to control them on the leash with your muscles straining, your heart elevating, walking your dog is activity. It's not exercise. Exercise is more along the lines of going to the gym for 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a quarter, whatever the time frame is. Lifting weights, doing some type of cardiovascular work. I would include hiking, especially if it's in mountainous terrain. But anything where you have a condensed and a focused period of time where you're, the purpose of your activity is to increase your heart rate, build your physical strength, or if you're playing a sport and those things are kind of a byproduct. Like back in the day when I used to play basketball, um, you know, my heart rate was up. I was extremely fit. My goal was to play basketball. It wasn't to be fit. Getting fit was a byproduct. But now that I'm older and I don't play organized sports anymore, when I go to the gym, it's it's with the intent of becoming more fit or to maintain the fitness that I have. And so I'm there to spend an hour to an hour and a half doing specific things that are good for my heart, for my muscles, and and so on and so on. So please don't confuse activity with exercise. If you are on your feet all the time at a day job, but you're not lifting things, you're just walking around. And if you go home and on the weekends, you putter around in your garden, maybe you mow the lawn, that's all activity, that's not exercise. And so be honest with yourself when you put information into these online calculators to make sure that you're not overestimating. Because what will happen is if you go, yeah, well, and you know, I'm moderately active, and on the science side, moderate activity is being in the gym three to five days a week with a certain volume and intensity of work. But in your mind, you're calling activity moderate, active, moderately intense exercise. The calculation is going to overestimate how much food you eat. And if you follow that, at the very least, you're not going to hit your goals. And at the very worst, you end up into these hyperglycemic pro-inflammatory states. And we certainly don't want to do that. Um, so... In the absence of using these online calculators, what are some of the guidelines that you can use? So, and this is very simple stuff. And, and I would suggest that whether you use a more discrete number with an online calculator versus use one of the guidelines I'm going to give you right now, spend two weeks with that prescription, if you will, and then monitor yourself for changes and then make adjustments accordingly. You might hit it out of the ballpark right away. You might hit the magic number of total calories that you need to eat right away. And sometimes you have to do some adjusting just based on either what's happening or what's not happening. So for example, 
And this number is, I think, fairly generally agreed upon, but with the caveat that this is in the context of somebody who is moderately active. So somebody who is going to the gym, let's say three days a week and spending an hour doing exercise. And let's call it a minimum of 30 minutes, but I don't mean 30 minutes of doing an exercise and then, you know, scrolling through social media on your phone or talking to your neighbor while you're resting in between sets. I'm talking about 30 minutes of, of actual activity, which may take you an hour to accomplish. But in general, for the moderately active person to maintain their body weight, assuming they're happy with that and want to stay there, you need to eat about 15 calories per pound of body weight. So if you weigh 150 pounds, 15 times 150 is 2,250 calories. That would be a starting point to see with the mixture of my life and my physiology, is that going to work? So that's, again, a good starting point. So again, if you're moderately active and you want to maintain your body weight, you need to consume somewhere in the vicinity of 15 calories per pound of body weight. So you would eat that much and you would track that for a period of time. And then after two weeks, you would ask your you know questions like, is my body staying the same? Am I losing weight? Am I gaining weight? Are my measurements changing? Measuring my waist, maybe my my chest, my shoulders, my arms, all of those different things are, are good ways to kind of look for progress. Um, now, if you want to lose weight, again, assuming that you're moderately active, the numbers go down, obviously, because the you know current recommendations are consuming anywhere from 500 to 1,000 calories less per day than what you would maintain your body weight with. So if my if my prescription is I need to maintain at 2,250 calories, if I don't want to lose weight, I got to drop 500 up to 1,000 below that. And I, I wouldn't go below 1,200 calories per day personally. Um, or you could just simply take your body weight and now multiply by 10 or 12. And so if I'm 115 pounds, or sorry, 150 pounds, and I want to lose weight, and I'm moderately active, I could start by just simply multiplying my body weight by 10 and going, okay, I'm going to eat 1500 calories a day for two weeks. And then after two weeks, I'm going to measure my progress. How did my body respond to that? And I'll make decisions based on that. Now, obviously, there's you can have as a goal to increase your body weight. Usually, it's because we want to gain muscle. But you know, sometimes it does surprise me how many, how many women in particular with autoimmune diseases out there that can't gain weight. They just can't keep it on. A lot of times it comes after they've changed their diet one way or another, and they start losing weight and they can't put the body weight back on. Um, but let's assume for the moment that we're not dealing with that particular issue, because that usually is not only a matter of calorie sufficiency or calorie excess. It's usually some other biological issues going on there as well. But let's say somebody wants to gain muscle and they don't necessarily care whether or not they gain a little extra body fat uh, at the same time. And so instead of eating 15, let's say instead of eating 10 calories per pound of body weight, which typically will result in weight loss or fat loss, instead of eating 15 calories per pound of body weight, which will usually maintain someone's body weight. Now we have to get up into eating 20 to 22 calories per pound of body weight to increase muscle mass. And you're probably going to add a little bit of body fat on top of that as well. Most of the clients that I work with and have worked with over the last 20 years um, want to either maintain their body weight or they want to drop body fat. 
And so that means we're either eating somewhere between 10 to 15 calories per pound of body weight. Whether we arrive at the same number based on a calculator ultimately doesn't matter because all we're doing is we're starting with a starting point and then we're periodically monitoring progress to make adjustments. So if I start eating, if I want to lose weight and I'm moderately active and I start at 12 calories per pound of body weight and in two weeks I've not, lo not lost any weight, then I'll go, okay, well, let me eat 11 calories per pound of body weight for two weeks and see how that does. And if I'm losing weight at a, at a reasonable pace, then I'll keep it there until that changes and then I might go to 10, etc. And so you can kind of use that two-week rolling reevaluation as a way to see how you're doing. Now, how do you monitor your progress? Now, I'll put this out there. Um, and if I need to spill this over into the next episode, I will. I, I just mentioned doing body measurements. Like, you know, the scale is one great way to do it. But as I've mentioned in episodes before, I think we know this intuitively, that if I lose 10 pounds of body fat, but gain 10 pounds of muscle, the scale doesn't change, but my body has changed significantly. We call that recomposition where you lose body fat and gain muscle. So if if the total weight loss is net zero because I've lost 10 and gained 10, um, the scale doesn't change, but my waist is smaller, my shoulders are stronger, my clothes fit better, I might have to go out and buy a new wardrobe, heaven forbid, um, and so on. And so there are these what we call non-scale victories, and you can pick up on those by uh, doing routine measurements, like measuring your waist, measuring around your chest, measuring around your hips, maybe even measuring the width of your shoulders or, you know, the size of your biceps and your legs and that kind of stuff. Um, and those are things that you can easily write into a spreadsheet or write on a piece of paper. I wouldn't do it more than once a week, maybe even twice a week or every two weeks, um, because that, again, is something you can start obsessing over. Gosh, you know, like I'm up or down an eighth of an inch. Uh, probably not a big issue, but if you see that change over a period of time, it means a lot more. So, um, yeah, I'm going to spill the next section over into the next episode just simply because I want to give you some more practical things to look at to determine whether or not your the quantity aspect of your personal food code is actually working in your favor, depending on what your goals are, whether it's weight loss or stability and maintenance or actually gaining weight. So we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Inflammation Nation. If you found this episode valuable, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Be the first to know when a new episode drops so that you can stay on top of your game. It also helps others like you find the answers they need. And why not head over to my main website, drnoseworthy.com, that's drnoseworthy.com, to explore my personalized functional medicine coaching programs, submit a question to the podcast, maybe take a quiz, or even reach out to me using the contact form that you can find there. We'll see you next time.